Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Switchfoot Song Stories podcast. We are so excited to get the show up and running, where we will be discussing the greatest band in the world, one song at a time. I'm your host, Tyler D. Smith, and on this podcast, every single week, I'm going to be interviewing different guests, and we will take a deep dive into a Switchfoot song. We'll share stories, memories, feelings, favorite lyrics, and everything in between. And I couldn't imagine a better first guest of the show than the one that we've got. Episode one features a conversation with Jamie Torkowski. And I know a lot of Switch Up fans already know Jamie, but in case you don't, he is a New York Times bestselling author, a speaker, a coach, a champion for mental health and suicide prevention, and the founder of the incredible organization called To Write Love on Her Arms, which has major Switchfoot connections, as many of you know. More recently, Jamie founded Needs an Ocean, and like all of us, he loves Switchfoot and is excited to chat about the band. Switchfoot Song Stories, Episode 1. Here we go. Thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you? I'm good, and I am honored to be here. We are honored to have you. Hey, before we dive into the song uh, that we're going to be discussing, um, I was hoping you could maybe share a quick story for us. It's probably a story that you've shared, I don't know, a million times, and and I know a lot of Switchfoot fans have heard the story as well, but for anybody that maybe hasn't, it's too good of a story not to share. So uh, way back in the day, you know, John Foreman's connection to you and to write love in our arms and MySpace, if anybody remembers what MySpace is, um, just kind of the, the launch of that organization and time period. Um, you can share the short version, long version, whatever you want to do, but I just love hearing about it. Yeah, I'll even back up a little further and, and kind of tell the the backstory of getting to know those guys. A lot of people assume that, you know, I met Switchfoot or I met John you know, through the launch of To Write Love in Her Arms. And it's interesting that we were friends for years. You know, even at this point, the beginning of To Write Love was back in early 2006. And I had already known those guys for a bunch of years prior to 2006. So I was a young assistant sales rep, basically called a sub rep in the surf industry. And I was working for quick. I was really young. I, I, I worked for I worked under our area Quicksilver sales rep from my age, 18 to 22. And then when I was 22 until 2006, when I was 26, I worked as a sales rep for Hurley. So I grew up a surfer, grew up in love with the surf industry. A friend introduced me to the music of Switchfoot. And I must have this, I must have been around, it was in my Quicksilver years. So I, I feel like I was probably around. 20, you know, it would have been around 2000. And I reached out to their management and just, you know, I learned that they were surfers and my idea or my kind of pitch was, Hey, maybe there could be some connection between Quicksilver who I was working for at the time and the band. And really I was just so excited about their music. I just was, was, you know, kind of desperate and excited to like connect with them and get to know them. And Shortly after they were on tour in Florida and I guess someone in their management put me on the guest list and I, I ended up meeting them after a show in Tampa and we've literally just been friends ever since, you know, so nice. 
20 years. And uh, it's, it's, it is funny that um, I kind of joke that free clothes was a, a common thread throughout our friendship because it started with <laughs> free Quicksilver clothes. And, and, you know, and then 2006, when, you know, prior to there being a nonprofit, it's just me trying to help a friend, a brand new friend, uh, trying to raise money to help pay for my friend Renee's treatment. And I shared some of that with the guys. I, I shared the story with John and they were about to play a show in South Florida. And this is now late March of 2006. And the way it all came together, John Foreman was the first human being to put on a To Write Love on Our Arms t-shirt. Literally the, the day I saw, the day I opened the first box of shirts happened to be the day of their show in South Florida. And so John wore the shirt on stage and I think they played to about 3000 people. Andy Barron, who is a friend and a photographer, he was their photographer at the time. He actually shoots full-time for Chris Stapleton now. Andy took this photo of John on stage that kind of became this iconic photo and it ended up on their MySpace. And it, yeah, it was just a really pivotal moment in the very early days that contributed to this whole thing going viral, you know, to this story making its way out into the world, to the t-shirts kind of taking on a life of their own. So it's funny, I actually wasn't sure what story you were going to ask me to tell, but uh, yeah, there's, it's funny because yeah, that I just, I honestly can't imagine my life without Switchfoot. And I know, I'm sure a lot of fans would, could say that statement. And I've had the privilege of being friends with them for so long now that it's not just the music. I, I'm totally a fan. I've always been a fan, but just so many memories of spending time with those guys, being encouraged by them, surfing with them, staying with John. I'm just so thankful for them. Um, I've, I've benefited not only from the music, but from the friendships. And so, yeah, any chance to talk about Switchfoot, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I remember having one of those shirts, you know, right. Uh, I think probably the following year when I heard the story and um, it's just really cool. Do you happen to remember how many, I thought I read somewhere it was like half a million hits or something on that photo, or maybe I, I'm not sure what the number was, oh, but I, it was a lot. I don't remember on that photo, but it, it, it is one that we, that we really shared a lot. You know, it was one that we were really proud of because back in that MySpace era, there was such a connection to music, such a connection to bands and obviously such a, I think there was such a visual aspect of MySpace and a lot of that was photos. And, and so I remember that was one of the, obviously one of the first photos that we shared and, and even I think several years in and, and probably even a decade in, we would still highlight that photo just because it was not only a great picture, but obviously it rec it represented the, kind of the opening day, like the literally the first time someone puts on one of these t-shirts. Yeah. It kind of makes me miss MySpace a little bit. I mean, obviously uh, from yeah. like a, from a musical standpoint, uh, you know, a lot of times, and I think this was true for Switchfoot as well, a, a band's MySpace page would actually get more views and hits than the actual band pages. So like mm. from 2006 to 2009 timeframe, I think it was like myspace.com slash Switchfoot would get more views than switchfoot.com. So it's pretty Pretty wild yeah. to think about. A lot of a lot of people today don't know about it, but it's uh, yeah, just a little bit. No, it's funny because I and I, you know, I I speak a lot. I do a lot of speaking events, and naturally, I tell the story. I kind of share the 
the to write love on her arms origin story and as the years go by you know over a decade and a half it's easy to be insecure bringing up myspace especially to younger people but i think where i find a little bit of confidence is it really was the beginning of social media becoming part of everyday life and we're all aware that that we no longer check our myspace but in whatever platforms you participate in now you know twitter instagram tiktok facebook whatever it may be, all of that can kind of be traced back to MySpace. I, I, yeah. I wasn't a Friendster person, but I'm aware of Friendster that happened before MySpace. So I, I do think, you know, as, as much as we, we kind of laugh at how much time has passed, I, I do think that was such a significant time as it relates to technology, the internet and social media specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I've had the um, the privilege of hanging out with the guys, you know, four or five different times, but not um, not a close relationship by any means. But I was going to ask you, and then we'll get into the song. Um, just and you kind of mentioned a little bit there, but um, like, wh what are the guys like off stage? You hear so many stories, you know, in, in my uh, in my time with them, it's been amazing to see how humble they are, how caring, how they're the same people on and off stage, and and I know. Um, you know, as much as Switchfoot has meant to you, I know you've meant a lot to them too. And it's been cool to see those stories, but what are the guy, like, how would you describe the guys? Yeah, John, I wouldn't be surprised if he's said this in interviews, but he shared with me one time, and this was many years ago, the goal of being the same person off stage as he is on stage. And I think he was literally cooking eggs in his kitchen at the time. And that, that comes to mind because I really would, describe not only him, but the rest of the band that way. Um, they're, they're the best dudes. They are so encouraging. They love each other. They love their fans. I think they love their families. They, I just can't say enough good things. They are thoughtful, kind, generous with their time, intentional, uh, we all we we bond as fellow surfers, so that's a fun thing that we've always had in common, and that's something we can do together when when there's a couple extra hours or when I happen to be in town. But yeah, man, I just I think what you see in interviews or you know in between songs, I think as dynamic as John is as a frontman and as brilliant as he is not only in his lyrics, but what he offers in between songs, I feel like that's who he is and that's, that's who they are. And so it really has been a privilege to know them off stage as well. Love it. Yeah. It's so encouraging to hear. And uh, as we kind of get into this song um, on this podcast, the, the guest gets to pick the song that they like to talk about. And so uh, Jamie, you have chosen uh, the classic, dare you to move and it's probably the most popular song i i do want to ask you though when you chose this like in your mind uh were you thinking the learning to breathe version or the beautiful letdown version you're gonna divide some fans here with this answer oh wow that is a good question i actually think i'm gonna let everyone down <laughs> now i feel like i i feel ill prepared because off the top of my head i i don't know wait i'm gonna kick it back to you and ask to be educated on the difference i think it's been a while since i explored yeah. both versions well the so they originally had it on the uh, learning I, I, to breathe i did know version. it shows up in two places yeah, here's my I my only defense is i think 
perhaps the version in my head is just seeing it live so many times. So yeah. in a way, it's less about the recording. And I think what makes it so special to me is, and, and I think this is true of for most people who have seen a Switchfoot show is just, it's such a moment, no matter yeah. how many times you've seen Switchfoot, it's like you hear the opening chords to this song and it's just something special, but no, go yeah. on. I, I need to be educated. <laughs> so it's track one, I believe on learning to breathe album. And there's yes. like a, there's like an interesting sound at the beginning before the acoustic guitar comes in. And that's the version that was on, uh, walk to remember soundtrack and so like a lot of the long like long time switchfoot fans um some of them will kind of go to They're that one to that one. like yeah yeah like the og for me though and like so many other switchfoot fans i was introduced to the band when meant to live was you know on the radio yeah and so that was Nothing, my first the, taste of them so my yeah. first time listening to dare you to move would be the beautiful letdown version and then i worked my way back and look you know listen to the the previous three albums before that but um, I probably make some old time fans mad, but I just think the beautiful letdown version is more, more polished and better overall. But again, it's kind of just a preference thing based on when you, uh, yeah. when you hear them and, and fall in love with the band. Man, I am letting people down by not having a good answer. <laughs> I, and it's funny. Cause I think as much as I listen to Switchfoot, it's, I think it's just, this song has been a part of my life. I mean, literally this is the first Switchfoot song I ever heard. This was my yeah. introduction to the band. And it's funny, I think I, I probably find myself listening to more recent albums and, and more recent songs. I, I thought about Where I Belong. I, I gave that some thought as another mm -hmm. choice because that song means a lot to me as well. But I, I just kept coming back to the song is, the song has been, a maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll lean on uh, the, the first time it it pops up, you know, so maybe I'll please the the earliest fans because that was yeah. also my introduction. <laughs> but I, I love on so many levels, the fact that it was on two, two albums in a row, you know, I think yeah. that's a really special thing. But I just I think where it really is ingrained in my mind and my memory is is just from seeing them so many times. Yeah, makes sense. I will let fans know this as well. I just found this out because I was interested in it. Uh, Dare You to Move still, as, as far as Spotify goes, it's their number one song. It's got 81 million streams on Spotify. It's just that one platform. The picture, though, if you look at their top five songs on Spotify, it'll have the Learning to Breathe um, album art. Yeah. But uh, the 81 million is is the song itself combined. Because I went okay. to Beautiful Letdown and I looked up to see. I was kind of surprised that that the first version was on there. But if you go to the beautiful letdown and look at how many views, it's the same amount for each. So Okay, gotcha. For for whatever reason, in case someone out there listening is like, it's the first one. Well, I don't know. It, it, they they have yeah. the album art, but that's that's the reasoning. So interesting stuff. I can totally relate to, you know, the live moments. Um this song doesn't need a lot of introduction, but some of the facts about the song, you know, in two thousand five the track won two Dove Awards, uh, Rocket Temporary Recorded Song of the Year, Short Form Music Video of the Year. Um, it was also nominated for Song of the Year. Uh, Dare You to Move was released to Christian Radio in February of 2004 and sent to Modern Rock Radio. The following month, it peaked at number 17 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, becoming Switchfoot's second top 20 single, uh, which actually then surpassed the success of their break, breakthrough single, Meant to Live. So... Um, I think 
one of the main questions I want to ask whenever we record this show for whoever the guest is, and you can, again, you can talk as long or as short as you want on this, but um, why has this song in particular meant so much to you? Yeah, man, it's, it's funny. I, I, I honestly have chills right now and it, it feels like stepping into something sacred, you know, like, like it's such a, this song means so much, not only to me, but to millions of people, you know, I think every, every Switchfoot fan, even if it's not your favorite Switchfoot song, I feel like is aware of kind of the magic of Dare You to Move. And so it's, it's humbling to even be invited to answer this question. Um, specifically was the question, what does it mean to me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was doing that thing where you talk for a long time and forget the question. <laughs> uh, you know, Bono talks about these moments when God walks through the room and I actually don't use a lot of religious language or Christian language these days, but I, I feel like that, that idea sums up this song. You know, I, I think regardless of, what you believe or where you place your faith again it feels like you encounter something bigger or you encounter some kind of magic if if you're lucky enough to be in the room when this song is performed mm-hmm. uh early on john telling me a story of of hearing john john had heard this story that a there was a fan who was contemplating suicide and you know was in a really a really dark place was really depressed and i i forget the exact details because it was literally more than 20 years ago but basically that this individual who was really struggling ended up hearing this song and choosing to stay alive like just choosing to keep going and it's hard to imagine something better than that like something more powerful or significant than a piece of music or a piece of art that that contributes to someone literally wanting to stay alive you know so i and i think I, it's it's interesting cuz i a lot i'm i have the lyrics in front of me and a lot of the lyrics are are pretty simple and direct but and i'm not an expert in terms of the language of music but i think there's even something about those opening chords right that it, like even before john sings a word to be in the room or even if it comes through your speakers, like just to hear the beginning, the the introduction to the song, there's even like a magic in that, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's, so I think it's fascinating. Other there's musicians would be able to speak to it more eloquently, but I love that, you know, it's not just a fast song or a slow song. It's a, it's a, a song that builds, it has different parts, kind of different moments. Um, I definitely connect with just, just how encouraging it is. And just, you know, these words, literally the title of the song that you, that John keeps coming back to, um, just this invitation to, to move, to wake up, to, to get off the floor, to, to live, you know, and, um, yeah, so I think it, I think it's just one that that feels really sacred to me and that has been an encouragement there, you know, there aren't, I was thinking about this prior to, you know, jumping on with you. It's, it's, there aren't many things short of family members and a couple of best friends that have 
been significant to me for 20 plus years, you know? And so I feel like this song has been a really special friend to me for more than two, two decades. And, uh, and it's also interesting because I fell in love with the song before there was any, you know, say John, John sharing that story with me about someone choosing to stay alive. I had no idea at the time that I would go on to work in mental health or that I would go on to work in suicide prevention. And so it was kind of had this interesting foreshadowing as well, like that I, you know, I feel like I've gotten to participate in, you know, creating, writing a story and, and founding an organization that hopefully has had a similar effect on some people, you know, so I, I, I kind of, latch on to that as well so hopefully there's an answer in there somewhere yeah yeah that was great i mean i think it's one of the things that i love about the band so much is that you know the songs become like you called it a friend I, and that's that's really cool to to think of it that way it just becomes part of your life and you just you know no matter what you're going through it's an old friend that you can rely on whenever you need a, a boost you know pick me up and i think as humans we whether we admit it or not i think we crave progress and movement and that's why i think we get so frustrated when some of the problems of the world persist and nothing seems to change in certain areas like we just we want to move forward you know we want um we just want the next step and um i think you know even in our relationships you know i'm, I'm happily married now but i remember many years ago is i remember quoting this song to, to a girlfriend because i felt like we're, we're just not moving forward i just i want movement you know like i want to I want progress. Um, and you could, you could say that for anything, relationships, careers, our education, um, growth within, you know, family life, church life, whatever you name it. Like we, we want action and progress. And, and this song is obviously all about, all about progress. And so, um, yeah, it's really, uh, really cool. Um, how you worded it there. I was looking up, uh, of course, running the daily John Foreman account. There's a lot of quotes that I can uh, kind of just recall, um, but I wanted to, to uh, get this exact quote um, from John from one of his articles back in the day about the song. He said, this song is an attempt to honestly face the gap between who I am and who I want to be, between the way, way the world spins and the way it should be. I've heard that we only use a small part of our brain. Maybe our soul is the same way, and maybe we're half asleep most of our lives, simply reacting to the stimulus our brain receives action true action is rare indeed and then another time um, he was talking about it he said that i sing this song to myself and all others on a planet where complacency reigns supreme mm. so obviously john putting it like no one else could but i don't know if you've ever met a more honest person than john foreman that's why i think he's so relatable and i mean do you think part of part of the reason the song has stood the test of time is because of that honesty yeah, I I definitely think, yeah, I would agree for sure. A again, there's a simplicity to it. I think there's something universal. Certainly the song could be interpreted different ways, but I think there's no getting around the encouragement that that is found in the song. And I think the music reflects that, the way it builds and the way it, the way it changes, um, the way it kind of arrives at this, this epic place. Um, but yeah, I think in general, people connect with honesty, people connect with vulnerability. I've seen that. I believe that's true of mental health. I was going to say, I've seen that in my work in, in mental health 
and I think often we lead by example, you know, that hopefully if I'm willing to be vulnerable about the fact that life is hard or that my life is hard or some of my struggles, it makes it easier and it's an invitation for the next person to do the same. So I, I, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. You mentioned the kind of the chills that you get when you hear it live um, and you've heard it so much, but do you have like, when it comes to a live version, do you have a favorite way they've played it? You know, they've played it different, different ways over the years, or maybe um, another question that you could answer is, can you think of a specific concert um, when they played it and it just hit you harder than, than usual? Can you think of any of those type of moments? I honestly can't. And it's the, uh, another thought as you were asking me that is like, I don't know how many times I've seen Switchfoot. Like it, I would really have to sit and, and again, that's a privileged number. I, I owe them a lot of money for, for free concert tickets. And, and usually not just me, it's like my parents and sisters and friends. And uh, for a while they, they referred to us as the Florida contingent. I think in one of the mm-hmm. album notes back when, when the album or liner notes were a thing, they, it got a shout out as the, as the Florida contingent, but it's interesting. It honestly, so all these versions do kind of run together in my head, but I think what stands out is that it's, it's just always a moment. It's always this feeling that, wow, this is, this is about to happen. You know what I mean? Like when, when you realize they're going into this song um, and yeah, so it, I, I don't know. I was going to say, unfortunately, but it, I do feel like it, it, they kind of run together because I've just seen this band so many times, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised if, if I've coming up on like a hundred Switchfoot <laughs> concerts or something, you know? Uh, but I, but the, the flip side of that is I, I, I don't remember a moment where it was just okay. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't remember a moment where they played dare you to move and I wasn't, touched by it or I wasn't moved by it, you know? So I just feel like every single time. And again, I think anyone who has seen the band even once or more than once would probably agree just that it's, it's a highlight every single night, no matter where it is in the set list, you know, if it's early in the show, if it's part of the encore, if it's, if it's stripped down, if it's electric, like I just think the song is so special every single time. I agree. And one thing I love too is how they talk about how they are not uh, tired of playing it, which I know yeah. some bands, some bands get sick of playing it, but playing a song every night for 20 years and they are just, uh, you know, yeah. it moves them just as much today. Sure, as back sure. Then. It's also, it's interesting. And you pointed this out, but you know, meant to live was the hit meant to live was like the first hit. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people, for millions of people, that was the introduction to the band. And it's interesting that Dare You To Move was the the next single and became, I guess, even bigger, right? That's that's what you just yeah. pointed out. Yeah, I think so. Yep. And it's cool how, you know, I'm sure a lot of those people who were then introduced to Dare You To Move had no idea that the song had been around for years or was on a previous album. Um, so it, it is, it's fascinating. I think that those are the two biggest songs for them. Yeah. For sure, yeah. A couple, a uh, couple questions left here. Um, one of them is, I want to, you know, hear your favorite lyric from the song if you can narrow it down. Um, 
I'll share mine. It's like for me, the the bridge is one of the most iconic, um, you know, lyrics, and uh, and that's saying a lot because just think of all the songs over the years and and the great bridge, you know, and choruses and different um, parts of songs. But the entire bridge for me, you know, maybe redemption has stories to tell. That whole whole part there, but I could even break it down even shorter into one line. And as you mentioned, like how simple it is, but how incredible it is. Um, just the simple line, maybe forgiveness is right where you fell. I mean, yeah. that I could just like put that up on a wall or get it tattooed or something. Cause like, it, that's just an incredible, simple, straightforward line, but maybe forgiveness is right where you fell. So that's, uh, that is my favorite. Um, how about you as far as favorite lyric from the song? I might give you a couple that that's a great one. I agree. The bridge is incredible. The, you know, the, I love the song. It it might be my all time favorite song of, of any artist. It's certainly up there. And, and within the song, the bridge is, is, I would agree. I think my favorite part, I love the next line. I love where can you run to escape from yourself? I relate to that. I think a lot of people relate to that in terms of, struggles in terms of my own pain, depression, you know, mistakes, regrets. So that's a, that's a line that stands out. Um, to lift yourself up off the, to, oh wait, do I trust these? Wait, to lift yourself up <laughs> off the floor, right? Yes. Is, I think what I'm reading is incorrect. On Google, whatever pops up first is to lift yourself up off by the floor but we will say that is incorrect to lift yourself up off the floor. Um, that one. And then I love like today never happened. And obviously they kind of camp out on that idea for the last four lines. Today never happened. Today never happened. Today never happened before. That's an idea that I've circled back to. I, th I think even, even as it relates to mental health and suicide prevention and inviting people to stay alive and inviting people into the idea that life is worth living. And I think I quote the song, you know, directly or indirectly just that, Hey, we, we never know what to, what tomorrow might bring, or we, we never even know what today might bring. And, and I, I think a lot about surprises and some of the best things in life coming as a surprise. And, you know, if you believe that today never happened, then it, it means that, by today we could be surprised by this thing that has never happened before so that yeah. five answers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it you can say you can basically say yeah the entire song because i mean so many good lyrics and i will say too john has been quoted before saying he, he occasionally will have to google his own lyrics <laughs> well or... i'm looking at some incorrect ones music <laughs> yeah. music match <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah well that answer i think you know, my, my final question for you, um, it can kind of maybe relate to that last question when it comes to the lyrics themselves, but the message, like the message of the song itself, you know, what are some things we can learn from it? Um, what can these lyrics and this message two decades later, all these years later, um, the, the inspiration of the song itself, what can these lyrics and this message inspire us to do? You know, I, I touched on it earlier, but I think, and I think this is true, love and probably so many of each person's individual favorite songs, you know, the way we interpret it, the meaning that we find, uh, 
I think the first thing that comes to mind is, is just how specific, like in a way it's, it's not this how to on every part of life. I I love that it kind of focuses on just, I, I like even the idea of getting off the floor, you know? So, so I think even, I I just love that it's kind of this encouragement or this, this invitation, especially to someone who's maybe struggling, who feels stuck. Um, you know, even, even you could interpret it as someone who's laying on the floor or can't get off the floor and just this invitation to move. And, and you could say, you could interpret that as to, to live life, to wake up. Um, and then I think certainly we could all, we all get to choose. We all get to interpret and figure out what happens after that. But I think as you pointed out, it's this reminder that we're made for movement, that we are made to be alive. And, and, you know, with that brings the question of, okay, well, what does it mean to be alive? And, you know, certainly there's a, there's a, a faith questions you could attach to the song, you know, even, even the reference to salvation. Um, But I think I've always, I kind of come back to that story that John shared with me where there was someone who wasn't sure if they could keep going. There was someone who couldn't get out of bed or couldn't leave their room or couldn't get off the floor. And this song was a spark, you know, that, that provided a light that, that made them open to leaving this dark place. And so I I think I've always loved the song as just this, this source of inspiration, especially for someone who might be struggling. And I think, I think regardless of kind of the, the circumstance or the place that it finds the listener, I love that. I think you can't, and it, I don't mean to be literal or, or like, but like it, you're literally like you're moved by it. You know, I, I, I don't know how long the song is, but three or four or five minutes goes by. You feel differently because you've, you've sat with this song or maybe you got to be in the room with this song. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's, I don't know. And, and there aren't, like you said, there aren't many songs that 20 years later, I don't know. I, I just, it feels new for me every time, you know, I've yeah. never, I've never gotten sick of it. It feels special. I'm impressed by it. I'm thankful for it. I feel like every, time I hear it. And then especially just every time I get to be in the room with it. Yeah, it is. It is definitely stood the test of time. I think it's just going to continue to do so. And um, yeah, it feels, it just, feels timeless for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those of you that have watched, I know a lot of Switcher fans have watched uh, John's uh, movie, the 25 and 24, like even that, the whole point of, even though it was a solo project, but the whole point was to, dream big, take action, go after your wildest dreams. And I, I think that's at the heart of Dare You to Move as well. And so, you know, my encouragement for listeners is to take action to whatever you feel called to do, you know, and stop putting off that idea or that dream that you have, you know, like this very podcast is a dream, you know, we're going for it, right? So it's like, um, I think a lot of um, your work over the years has been you, you know, dreaming big dreams and, and going for it and, you know, wanting to see change in the world and, and, you know, getting up off the floor and doing something about it. So it's been really inspiring. And, and that's why I think it's the, the perfect song to, to kick all this off. Uh, yeah. I think too, like even just this idea, you know, each life, each person 
is a miracle. Like the, the idea that I get to be alive, I get to be breathing air and having a conversation with you is a miracle. And, and with that, the idea that every today, every single day that we get has never happened before. And, and you could see that as a miracle as well. And so I think it is this, I keep saying invitation or maybe reminder, like what if we saw the world that way? And I, I do think the song is just this incredible reminder of the life that we're living and the opportunities that we have within that. Yeah. So good. Such an incredible song, incredible band. And I'm just, I'm just going to listen to Darian move the rest of the night over and over. I mean, it's just, I mean, so many things you said as well are just, it's just uh, amazing to talk about it. And uh, Jamie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to help us launch this podcast. Um, I'm going to link, to Jamie's book and the show notes and your website as well. Um, you know, what's, what's next for you? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on social media. It's just my first and last name, Jamie Tworkowski. Uh, the plan is to write another book. The plan is to keep speaking, to keep talking about mental health, keep talking about a lot of what you and I have been talking about. I left to write Love in Our Arms last summer after about 15 years and still cheer for the cheer for them cheer for my friends there some of my family still works there i point people their way and believe in it um i think just wanted a new chapter just wanted to see what it would feel like to to just be independent to be an individual who continues to focus on these things so a lot of communicating hopefully you know writing speaking i'm doing a little bit of coaching uh, i have a little side project, a little baby clothing brand, not a clothing brand for babies, just a small brand uh, called Needs an Ocean that I started when I was in Nashville with the the simple idea that Nashville needs an ocean. So yeah, I got a few things going and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and uh, my website as well. Very cool. Again, it was an honor to have you on and is, we're, we're all part of the Switch fam. So we're all connected. So thanks a ton. Uh, thank you for having me. It's an, it's an honor to kick this thing off. It's an honor to go first. As I said, I love the guys. I love Switchfoot. I love the songs. Been a huge part of my life for a long time now. So I'm honored to get to have this conversation with you. Man, what a great conversation with Jamie Torkowski. And we are off and running with this podcast. Uh, look for new episodes every weekend. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I want to be on that show, send us a message and we can make it happen. Uh, we've already got a lot of wonderful guests lined up for this journey and we're super excited. And before we go, I want to let you know about two books to check out. Uh, Jamie's book is called If You Feel Too Much. It is a New York Times bestseller. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. It's awesome. And I've also got a book out. It's called Searching for Seven, The Journey of Seeking God Seven Days a Week. And it's got a lot of John Foreman quotes in there, of course. And I'd be honored if you would check that book out as well. Until next week, keep rocking, Switch fam. I dare you to move. 